Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer joining you in Buffalo, New York. The Oilers and the Sabres tonight. That's a 5 o'clock puck drop Edmonton time. Uh, 3.30 face-off show with Reed Wilkins, Jack Michaels, Rob Brown, John Shannon, and myself. Speaking of John Shannon, he will join us at uh, 1.35 Edmonton time. We'll hear from Kyler Yamamoto as well. This is the second hour of Oilers now. It is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Thank you very much. Hugh Porter for the uh, generous uh, Digitex gift that was sent to Oilers Now Way. Digitex, don't spend your valuable time meeting with door-to-door sales reps. Your all-in-one convenient location is Digitex.ca, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. All right, let's do it. We're going to head off to a River Cree Resort and Casino hotline for Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication solar. We bring aboard Brian Burke, now of NHL Hockey on Rogers, longtime NHL executive. Happy New Year, Brian. How are you? Good, Bob. Happy New Year back to you. How was your holiday break, or did you get much of a break? Yeah, we got a couple of days off. It was nice. When all five of my kids converged on Toronto, and we had a nice uh, holiday, and no game on New Year's Eve, so it was nice. Now, do you have to shell out at this type uh, this time of year, or are your kids beyond that at this stage? Uh, I, my two younger ones, I still have to shell out for. The older ones are pretty independent, but they still get something from dad. There you go. That's what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just joking. I just, I always get a chuckle at right? this time of year. It makes me kind of laugh. Uh, all I can tell you is in the Stoffer household, uh, we have lots of shoes. We also have three cats and one dog. So, uh, And the three cats currently reside in what used to be known as my TV room, and they've now taken over the TV room. So you can imagine uh, how happy I was over the course of about a three-day window there. <laughs> all right. Uh, just having some fun. So... Uh, hey, Brian, just before we get to some of the NHL stuff that's going on and some of the league stuff, I, I, just a quick comment on the World Juniors. Uh, man, Finland's a tough out. We saw it again today, uh, the United States uh, out of the tournament. U.S. had, I, I wouldn't say the U.S. had a star-studded team, but in my, war, in my opinion, the Americans are sort of right there with Canada in terms of depth-wise. But Finland's won this tournament three of the last six years. Why are they so good at the world junior level? Well, they're on a big international run generally of draft picks and tournaments. and It's unbelievable. A country, it's a small country, and it's unbelievable what they do. But, and I think their, their mentality is, and, they, and Canada does this really well too, their mentality is it's a short tournament, so we're going to be ready to play every game, and we're going to have a complete uh, memory cleanse when we don't. So Canada has an awful loss to the Russians, and guess what? They they put it behind. They burn the tape, just focus on the next game. 
I think the mentality you need in the short tournament where it's one and done is that uh, we have to approach each game like it could be our last. And if we have a bad game in the pool round, in the first round, we have to wipe it out. And I think the Finns do that better than anybody. And I think the Americans did a very poor job. I, I thought they were outplayed badly today. Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting to watch. Now earlier today, Canada played Slovakia. I don't know if you saw the hit that Nolan uh, foot through, yeah. but it's what I despise about international hockey because I thought that the Slovak player opened himself up to get drilled like that, and in North America, that would be a play where the player getting hit has to take some responsibility for getting his clock cleaned. Uh, but in international hockey, it's a five-minute major and a guy's tossed out of the game. You've worked and re- represented the, the United States before uh, on selection committees uh, at the highest of levels. How much of a concern is officiating when it comes to international hockey? Well, I tell people all the time when they complain about NHL officiating, if you want to see bad officiating, go overseas. Um, I think they've they've missed some offsides. I think they've missed some. The, the penalty standards are absurd to me. Like that's a good clean hit. That's not even a two minute penalty to me, let alone a five in a game. And if there's any further discipline, I'll, I'll be outraged. I don't think there was any contact with the head whatsoever, uh, except some incidental contact as he comes through, which we've always allowed. Even the IHF rule allows that. I think he came in hard. Player was bent over. Um, I thought it was absurd. When they first started talking about it, they were talking about it being a five, I'm like, you're kidding me. So, no, I'm with you. I don't like the standard they apply. I think it's a lot of flag football, and um, I'm not impressed with the officials. Well, I'll, I'll take it one step further. Like, Ralph Kruger is the head coach of Buffalo. For years, he, as you know, uh, headed up Switzerland's hockey program. Gaetan Haas, uh, the Oilers uh, centerman who's trying to make it in the NHL, he told me he's never forechecked before. Never forechecked when he played over in Switzerland. Like where, you know, they went in and tried to knock guys off the puck and he just said it's not it's not part of our game, you know, in, in Europe. And and so the amount of physicality has been a challenge for him and, and he's a light in the ass player, Brian, uh, Brian, but he's smart. Like he can he's in all the right spots on the right uh, on the ice, but the problem is he hasn't played at this level of competitiveness and the game is just completely different. And I think that maybe you know Further illuminates the unique challenge between trying to, you know, officiate a, you know, guys that play North American hockey in the case of Canada, the United States, and how that transition can be difficult when it comes to Europe. Well, when we first started talking back in '97 about the Olympics in Nagano, I said to Gary, "We need to bring NHL referees," and the IHF fought me on this for months. We need to have some of our referees in the Olympics. It's their Olympics too. I'm like, no, your standard sucks. They're not going to referee games with NHL players. So the the compromise we came up with, I think, was it might be off a little bit, but that if there's any games that involve less than half NHL players, and there there were going to be from like, you know, Romania and different places that might qualify, if there were less than half NHL players, it could be non-NHL officials. But otherwise, NHL officials, and that persists to this day in the Olympics. 
Right. And, I mean, Rene Fissell heads up the IAHF, and we should mention he is a former official. Uh, he's not an ex-player. We're joined by Brian Burke. Brian, uh, tonight Edmonton plays Buffalo. It's McDavid against Eichel. Uh, is Jack Eichel right now the best American player? With all due respect to Patrick Kane, is Jack Eichel now the best American player on the planet? Or is that Austin Matthews? Well, first off, I mean, I think Patrick Kane just went down as the player with the most points uh, in the in the last decade, or most goals in the last decade. So he's he, he yeah, can argue for the last last ten years he's outstripped everyone from every country. So I think right now he'd put him in reigning in first place. As far as their play through the first half of the season, as good as Connor has been, and I love him, he's a great player. Jack Eichel might be doing more with his team, carrying his team farther. Um, they're very different players. Uh, Jack is an economical skater, big bow-legged skater, takes long, powerful strides, doesn't pick his feet up very much. Connor's got that dancing step. You know, he's got that real quick feet and high high heels and you know, so much fun to watch. They're very different. But Jack is more a power player. He can throw people off him. He can lean through people. And he's got a classic wrist shot. He has, starts with that puck three feet behind his leg, drags it forward, and rips it. Um, now, Aston Matthews is playing the best hockey of his career. You're, you're talking, you could draw those names out of a hat and answer that question. Yeah, it's, it's, well, I mean, he's obviously red hot offensively. I think it's fair to say Austin Matthews has a lot more to work with right now in Toronto as well. Uh, you know, yeah. they've got, they've got a, a, and, and he doesn't, the, one of the differences, like, you know, the Oilers offense basically runs through McDavid. We know that certainly in Eichel's case. And what you're saying is you think it probably runs even more so in Buffalo through Eichel, uh, than it does through McDavid because Buffalo doesn't have a Leon Drysettle. So, you know, yeah. that's, uh, I guess that furthers that point. Speaking of Leon, minus 30 over the last 21 games. He's got 21 points. Uh, I think six of those were empty net goals. So, you know, it's a stupid stat. We both agree on that. They have to change that plus minus. This happens sometimes to good players, doesn't it? Yes. And it's, it's a really, it's an almost useless stat. Unless a guy on a real heavy minus team is plus. Then, it, then it's got some value because that's hard to do. But to pick on a guy who's on a team that's really struggling and getting outscored and say, oh, you're minus 30 in the last 21 games, um, if you're if he's one of your leading ice time guys, he's going to be minus. He's going to be minus. Any mathematic genius, any analytics guy can tell you that, that the goal differential over that time, even if he scores a lot, he's going to be minus. It's really hard to be a plus player on a minus team, so I wouldn't jump off a bridge if I were an Oilers fan over that statistic. This player is having a great offensive year. Frankly, they don't pay him to play defense. That's And that's the whole notion of him carrying his own line, maybe. Maybe what they have to do is get him on the line with someone who's really responsible defensively and a scorer on the other wing. So cause what they're doing isn't working. Playing these two guys together is not working. They're racking up big points, but they're not winning hockey games. And they split them up against the game against the New York Rangers. The, ult- the Oilers ultimately got the win. Tonight it'll be Ryan Nugent Hopkins uh, with Connor McDavid. And on the right side, Kyler Yamamoto, who's an interesting story. Kid from Spokane, Washington. Learned how to skate. Was taught by Tyler Johnson's mother. Derek Ryan of the Calgary Flames, who you know, uh, is from Spokane as well. All three of those guys are smaller guys that have to think their way around the ice. Uh, yeah. Which just shows you how tremendously different today... Today's NHL is different than in the past, isn't it? 
Oh, yeah. And that's a good thing. Some of the rule changes and the speed and everything put the smaller player back in the game, that's a good thing. There's some really good small players in our league. And I'm interested to see how Yamamoto does here. Uh, did you have a favorite small guy that played for you over the years? Uh, I had Stevie Korea. I had Paul's brother in, in Toronto, and I loved having him. He was too small. But I loved having him. And then uh, I had a couple other smaller guys who I liked. Um, but Stevie Korea was a guy. But you're known smart. for having big, you were known for having big, heavy bodies. Uh, you always liked having some size and some toughness in the lineup. But it really is completely different right now. I mean, even, you know, Brian, I went to, I, I've been to probably five Oil Kings games this year. Do you know how many fights there's been in those five Oil Kings games? None. One. One fight in, in those, in, in those five games. Like, you know, I grew up watching the Western Hockey League where 15 out of 18 skaters on the team could fight. And now we have a situation where, like, I think Jake Neighbors got one yesterday with a kid that was six foot six. It didn't go very well for Jake. To me, that's only going to help him in the, in the upcoming draft. I mean, he's a bit like Dustin Brown or, or TJ Oshie. Like, he's a guy that's a, a thicker kid, 5'11, 195. He can skate and he's willing to compete. And he was trying to turn his uh, team's fortunes around. He got in with a six foot six kid. I mean, but it really is a, it's a completely different world. Yeah, I went to the Marlies game on New Year's Eve. It was a 3 o'clock game and saw an American League game with maybe five hard hits and not one fight. Not No player even swore at the other, a player on the other team. No one even spit in their direction, so it's very different. So we got so for the cheap stuff we got to watch the World Juniors is what you're saying because there is some there's been some dirty stuff in the world. The U, the U.S. and Finland were giving it to each other pretty good at the end of the game, weren't they? Yeah, I, I don't. Our, our North American kids aren't really good at ending games where they lose. Canada's got a poor record, uh, so does so the U.S. Yeah, it, 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 you know what? It happens, right? And it's, uh, and they also, and, and I mean, it has changed from the days when, I mean, the punch up at Piastani back in 87, right? I mean, yeah, the Russians knew they were out of the tournament. They came off the bench. That's a completely different situation. But yeah, guys in Canada's team, you know, a couple guys didn't know how to fight of the, you know, a lot, Everett Severett, pa uh, Senate pass knew how to fight. Do you recall watching that brawl, by the way, I Brian? Do. I do. What? Was that one of the craziest ones you've ever seen? Yeah. It was Bert Templeton was coaching that team, I think. Yes, he was. And he got absolutely eviscerated. Uh, Brian Williams really gave it to him and said it was a real, I believe they said, uh, black mark at that time for uh, Canadians and international uh, sport. And that's kind of what launched Don Cherry's career. You know, because Don Sherry ended up sticking up for Team Canada, and so that's what Canadians do: is they they come off the bench and they stand up for one another. And uh, I've always been a little bit. I, I love Valerie Harlamov, Brian, but I've always been a little bit sort of untrustworthy of some Russian motives at times. Am I out to lunch there? Or is there maybe something to that? Yeah, well, yes, there's something to that for sure. But we're we're Pat. We're, we can we can move ahead a little bit today. It's a new year. It's a new decade. All right, new bit. decade. All right, so tell me this: uh, who do you, who do you, uh, what do you see transpiring here for the Oilers in the new decade? What's going to happen in the second half of the season? Well, they got a they got a tough road trip here. Obviously, I think we're going to find out a lot. I think what what I said earlier um, on a different show was you got to remember 
We all thought this was miraculous that on December 1st they were in a playoff spot comfortably. And at that point they were getting unreal goaltending, Connor and Leon, and special teams in the top five on both sides, which is impossible. Yep. And we said it was unsustainable. And now the goaltending's fallen off a bit. Special teams have fallen off a bit. Team performance has fallen off a bit. So they've got to find some magic here on this road trip, which is going to be hard. They got, this is a tough road trip. And they've got to uh, they got to find some magic and get back to special teams being better, goaltending being more solid, and some secondary scoring, uh, or else this kid will continue. And they, it's been a great story. Edmonton's one of the great stories of the year. They've got to find a way to get their footing back here. You had Mike Smith in Calgary. Uh, he's now thirty-seven, and his last six appearances, his save percentage is eight forty. Can he pull it back together? Has he had tough stretches like this for you in Calgary? Or, or is, I mean, he's, again, he's a 37 year old goaltender. We're seeing a little bit of wear in a guy like Pekarene, who's 37 as well, Brian. Yeah. And I, I'm not, I'm not sure. My answer would be we did not have a stretch like that with him. Part of it is he, he's a 37 year old with the body of a 27 year old. He's a gym rat. He's a freak. Like the guy is ripped. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it looks like a little rust the last little bit. Uh, but I wouldn't write him off just yet. That could be just a slump, but a, you know, that's coincident with the rest of the team. You know, the save percentage on a team that's struggling magically is often lower than when they're playing well. They're giving up quality shots and the save percentage goes down. So it's not always, a, it's like goals against is such a stupid stat sometimes. Plus minus is such a stupid stat sometimes. Uh, save percentage is such a stupid stat sometimes because if the goalie is stopping nine out of 10 quality shots, or eight and a half, and you say, oh, the save percentage is 850. That's no good. Well, depends on where the shots are coming from. Brian, one final one for you. Brian Burke for Canadian Power Pack. Which team do you see making the most significant improvement in this like second half of the season? Which team do you see sort of trending the right, the right way right now? Um, well, I... The team that mystifies me in the East is Tampa, and they've started to make their move, it looks like. They've they've been for real for four games now, and I, I like seeing that because that's one of the better teams in the East on paper. In the West, the top teams have all been good from the start of the year, maybe some streaks, but St. Louis has been good. Dallas has been good. Um, so I'm not sure. The, the, the move that surprised most people the last two weeks would probably be Toronto and Vancouver that have kind of really opened up some ground on people behind them. Uh, Vancouver had a good little run. They've won five in a row, and I think Toronto's won 10 of 11. So uh, second half, I'd say the teams with some cap room that could probably do the most to improve themselves are Montreal and Colorado. Yeah, well, Colorado's definitely going to be an interesting one to watch. Brian, happy new year. We'll touch base uh, next week when I'm in Montreal. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Bob. See ya. You, you bet. That's Brian Burke for Canadian Power Pack. It is 122 in Edmonton. We'll tell you the guests and orders now. Receive certificates to Japanese Village. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Visit their Edmonton South Downtown Northside and Sherwood Park locations. When we come back, we'll get to the orders now. Injury report for James H. Brown. Injury lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you in orders now. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. 
125 in Edmonton. You can text us anytime on our Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Floor is strong enough for every mini sticks tournament. And Royal Pizza, pizza, pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for 50 years for a menu and a list of their 14 Edmonton and area locations. Go to online to royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Uh, star for recommendation, Royal Pizza is the Mediterranean chicken. As promised to the Oilers now, injury report for James H. Brown, injury lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com and here's Brendan Escott. Alright Bob, well bad news for Canadians fans. Brendan Gallagher placed on the injured reserve with a concussion that he suffered against Carolina. He left the game, did not return and has no timetable for that right now. For the Sabres, Vladimir Sabotka has been sidelined since early December with a knee injury. Tage Thompson left the game back in mid-November with an upper body injury, has been out ever since. And Jeff Skinner will miss the next three to four weeks with an upper body issue. He suffered in a collision with David Pasternak. Of course, with Edmonton, Matt Benning nearing a return from this concussion. Oscar Kleppbaum skated alongside Ethan Barry's good to go for tonight against the Sabres. All right, here's what we're going to do here. Uh, a little earlier start time for tonight's game. And uh, so, end result, uh, i got to be honest with you, i got to get ready uh, to, to get going here. So, Brendan Escott's going to guide you home for the final half hour of the show. Uh, we did pre-tape our conversation with John Shannon. It's a lengthy one. Talks a lot about uh, upcoming Heritage Classics and... Uh, outdoor games and those sort of things. You might want to listen to that. We've got a one-on-one interview coming up with Connor Yamamoto as well. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, and uh, I will rejoin you live uh, from uh, the arena coming up down the pipe here at uh, 3.30 Edmonton time. This is Oilers Now. Eileen up next, and then Brendan will guide you home. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad.